This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. It's Friday, which means the news panel gets together. Let's welcome the panelists into the show, saying good morning to Joita Gupta. Hello, Joita. Hey, Dave. Good morning. And hello to Michelle McQuig. Good morning, everybody. All righty. Let's jump right into business here. Something weird happened this week in American politics. Surprise, surprise. Something weird happens every week in American politics. But specifically... The state of Nevada held their presidential primaries. The Republican ballot had a surprising winner. None of the above. None of the above beat Nikki Haley by 33 points. The real weirdness? The ballot didn't even count. There was a caucus held yesterday, and Donald Trump overwhelmingly won that caucus. Here's the real weirdness. Republicans passed their own regulations that said candidates could either be on the primary ballot or part of the caucuses, kind of um, leaving candidates with sort of a terrible choice and making another weird checkmark for American democracy. Michelle, I know sometimes y'all get cranky with me when I talk about, oh, democracy's hard. Are they making it too hard? But honest to goodness, what's the point of having a performative vote if it doesn't count? I, I am long past the time of even trying to guess or, or assume any logic behind the American Electoral College system or their voting processes. If there is rationale, and I'm sure there is, I am not aware of it, and I don't get it. People have tried to explain, and it's just over my head, and I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm never going to understand how or why things get done the way they do over there. And this is a great example. I'm with you, Dave. I'm a little baffled as to why this is an option. I don't know what this accomplishes. I would genuinely love for someone to explain to me why it's being done this way, but I cannot imagine uh, that it's an efficient system. I can't even imagine the cost of it. I'm reminded of a a Canadian situation in which um, a premier merely speculating about the possibility of an election cost $2 million to that province. And New Brunswick. That's that's, that's New Brunswick, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. So I cannot even imagine what actually running an optional ballot would cost if mere speculation can run two million bucks. So I don't know. I, I, I'm baffled, and in in a way, this outcome feels kind of karmic. I don't know. It, it I, I find it hilarious as a sort of a funny kind of button on, on an issue that. I find baffling. <laughs> let me let me offer you a little bit of context here, Michelle. Nevada had been a caucus primary state for quite some time. A few years ago, the state legislature decided to make it a primary state. And then the Republican Party decided, well, we'll still do this primary. We'll make it non-binding and introduce our own caucus. So there's actually been a little bit of history here in the last three or four years in the way that Americans are talking about electoral reform and counting votes that ended up influencing why they did it this way this time around. But, Joita, even with that historical context, like, my head is just spinning. Like, what's the point? Like, 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 democracy should not be an exercise in futility. 
Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be an exercise in comprehension, uh, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I like that too. Right on. <laughs> Truly. Um, but I think the, it doesn't really, on the surface of it, seem to have a point. Uh, state law requires or mandates the primaries, so that's why they ran the primaries, but... <clears throat> The state Republican Party has all of these Trump supporters, and they have opted to go with the caucus, which is a bit like a lengthy nomination uh, meeting. And Nikki Haley decided that she's not going to participate in the caucus because uh, from Nikki Haley's perspective, the fix was in. Uh, this was going to be a clear victory for Donald Trump, and she didn't want to cough up $55,000 only to... Uh, basically not even have a chance at victory. So she opted not to participate in the caucuses, um, but also then ends up making what some would argue a, a tactical mistake by continuing to um, proceed with the primary without actually campaigning. I mean, she could have won the primary vote. Uh, it, made, it wouldn't have meant that she would have gotten any delegates elected, but it could have been a moral victory. It it could have been a, a good PR move. But instead, by leaving her name on the ballot and not campaigning, she ends up with um, this really startling result where she's lost to none of the above. Um, yeah. Thus Humiliating. The whole thing. Humiliating. Yeah, it's basically Utterly. embarrassing yeah. for Completely embarrassing for her. But to go back to your question, what is the point? Well, I think that's beyond my pay grade because I think it truly baffles me as to why when there is an agreed upon process to elect delegates, that being the primary, why would you go off and do your own thing? That is the eternal question and I yeah, yeah. It, again, it, it speaks to sort of where, where democratic structures in the United States are uh, are, are getting fuzzier and fuzzier uh, by the day. Okay, I do want to explore the idea of none of the above on the ballot, though. <laughs> but, no, 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 I mean this like I mean this like no, sincerely, it's, it's like through the lens of absurdity. But like, but there's something about it that really appealed to me the second that I heard about it this week. That none of the above was actively on the ballot. That you could check. The the box to say none of the above, not spoil the ballot, not mismark the ballot. You could vote for none of the above. And Joita, I find it appealing. And I wonder if none of the above should be available on every single electoral ballot and it should be counted as such. No, I don't. I'm not. Oh, I'm not going oh, for it at all. Party no, no, no. Because I mean, on the surface, it sounds really cute and kind of exciting to be able to say none of the above. But we do have the option, as you noted, to spoil a ballot if you really don't want to uh, be a part of the process. Uh, in fact, you know, one could even argue that if you uh, live in a democracy and you don't like any of the candidates, then you should run yourself. But that's besides the point. I mean, in the case of the primaries and Nevada, what we see happening with Nikki Haley is kind of a, it's kind of, it, it, it causes your eyebrows to, eyebrows to shoot up, but it didn't really have too many consequences beyond the embarrassment that the Haley campaign has to deal with. We weren't actually using it to elect a delegate, but imagine if you were actually using it to elect a delegate or an MP or somebody else. And the result you ended up with, with was none of the above. What do you do then? Do you Empty have a seat. second election? Empty seat. Well, I mean, I don't think that's really helpful to the democratic process, right? I mean, the bottom line is if you're unhappy with the candidates on paper, then, and I and I sort of, I, I, I kind of threw that out there, but I do actually think that if you're genuinely unhappy with 
uh, with who is being on who is represented on the ballot that in a democracy you have the option to try and put yourself on the ballot or to organize put on a grassroots level to elect a candidate to to put a delegate you know, to find a, a candidate that you could get behind. That's the whole point of the, the democratic process. But I'm not really com comfortable or confident with a situation where we say none of the above, because it does seem like a a bit of an abdication of responsibility when we think about the democratic process and the part that each of us plays in that process as individuals. Can I, can I jump in with something relevant here? Please. In Canada, someone took Joita up on that suggestion and went and founded a party called Zed, none of the above expressly for the purpose of appearing as a none of the above option at the bottom of the ballot. Someone went and did that and they get votes. And this is, I think, kind of, first of all, someone acted on that idea. But secondly, I think there is an appetite out there for that option. So I kind of land somewhere in between Joita and Dave on this and that I, I do think if spoiling your ballot is a valid mechanism, which it absolutely is, I, I, I personally have the view that having the capacity to cast a vote for no, I don't want to spoil this ballot. I just want to express my distaste for any of the above candidates. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit of a valid take. And and as such, I don't, I don't know how that would work. I, I, I where Where I'm lost a little bit and join you more, Joita, is... How would that actually work out in practical terms once the election is over? May and how I? would that translate? May I? You pl please, by all means. Em empty seat, no representative. One year later, another by-election. None of the candidates who are on the ballot are allowed to run again. Mm -mm. Again, I, I mean, that's you, got, you got beat by none of the above. You got beat by none of the above. The constituents do not want to vote for you. You're not allowed I mean, back fair. on the ballot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part okay. of the problem is also our, our our system, right? I mean, there's this long debate between first past the post and strategic like voting. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of reasons that come into play, and I'm not sure that embracing an none of the above option is going to simplify that conversation in Canada, at least. Oh, I mean, if you but want I to will, talk about electoral I, reform, like I'm I'm all here for proportional representation. Our, our system uh, our system is maybe marginally better than the American system, but it ain't marginally. much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I want to say, too, in response to Joita's point, as I take the spirit in which it's meant entirely, and you're right, that is how the system is intended to function. But cost joining a campaign is prohibitively expensive. So not just anyone can, can do, and do it, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, time is money too. Like, like the the time it yeah. takes is it requires a lot. You, it, it, it would be very difficult to have a full time job that with responsibilities like and even outside responsibilities like family, friends, community, etc., and run for political office. But I, I I know that this is framed in absurdism, but I'm also standing kind of absolutist mm -hmm. on this. I just think there are so many people who are not participating in the democratic process, and I think that if you told them you can come here and write none of the above and actually end up influencing what the composition of your provincial legislature or national parliament looks like, I think there's merit. I Because it, it speaks to not just an apathy, but dissatisfaction that exists yes. inside the way people look at politics. A hundred percent. And anecdotally, most elections I hear some variation on, I don't like any of these people or any of these parties. I don't want to vote for any of these. So I think that sentiment is real. And I think they're Ideally, I would love to see a way to try and harness that sentiment out there and that practical reality for a lot of people is that there, there's broad dissatisfaction with the options available. 
All right, here's where I give you guys the option to go yes or no, and you can throw this right back in my face. Joita, dare we talk about the prospect of Donald Trump uh, winning the general election in the United States later this year? Because it's very clear that he's going to win the Republican nomination. Yeah, I think he's he's likely going to win the Republican nomination. But then again, he's got all these legal woes at the same time. So who's to say that he's not going to end up in, in jail? And uh, that has ramifications as well. Uh, it's too early to say whether he would actually win. Uh, but again, uh, incumbents are known to do well in elections when the economy is doing well. And there are signs to show that the American economy is bouncing back. Uh, I don't think you can entirely count out Joe Biden. So I can't really say one way or the other with any certainty whether Donald Trump is going to win, but um, you can't rule him out. I mean, he might win and get and get uh, convicted of federal yeah. and state crimes. Yeah. Like, that's a definite yeah. possibility. Yeah. And the Washington, Definitely. the Washington District Court this week said he does not have presidential immunity for some of the uh, accused crimes that he committed between November 2020 and January 2021. Mm -hmm. Michelle, Joita wanted to grapple with that a little bit. Do you? Well, there's wants and should. Um, <laughs> I think I think we kind of can't avoid it. The, the fact is, he absolutely is going to win the Republican nomination, and he stands a 50-50 chance, at the very least, of being reelected. So I feel like we can't really ignore the issue and need to at least face up to it at some point. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the appetite is there <laughs> yeah, to dive back it, in. <laughs> it means that in February of 2024, perhaps a pin can go in that one uh, until, yeah. until absolutely yeah, I, I like necessary. <laughs> because there are no winners when you talk about President Donald Trump. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's put that one to bed. Coming up after the break, Canadian politics. The federal government held an auto theft summit in Ottawa yesterday. What kind of solutions do you have that could curb car thefts in the country? Because they are on the rise. This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.